I had a call with a guy uh, who had received a CP2501 letter, and let's just say he had a number of things he didn't report, but because he did his own taxes, he forgot to report a bunch of things. But in there was Uphold and BlockFi had issued uh, 1099s, which he did not account for. And the problem, the way they have to report payouts on those forms is not the same as the way we have to report it on our tax return. And as a result, it misleads the IRS into having a perception that you owe them a lot of money. Today, on the Clinton Donnelly Show, we're going to dig in some of the current issues that we're seeing in the crypto news industry. We're going to tear it apart from a tax point of view. I think it'll be very interesting. Please stay tuned. This might kick it off. I haven't reported my cryptocurrencies for 2021 or 2022. I just received a letter regarding 21 from the IRS claiming that I owe $14,000. I'm not sure where to really begin resolving this. Well, what's happened when you receive a letter saying you own $14,000, if it's related to crypto, you probably got what they call a CP2000 letter or possibly a CP2501 letter. This is the number that the IRS puts up at the top of the corner, which basically says we think you owe or, or we're taking the assumption that you owe us. Typic, if it's related to crypto, it's because uh, the way the crypto exchanges have reported some information to the IRS uh, that you have not accurately accounted for in your tax return. Odds are that they've reported something that's significantly misleading to the IRS, and odds are probably high that you probably didn't even report your crypto gains correctly to the IRS. You have to address it quickly, otherwise you will lose your opportunity to protest this amount. So I'd suggest calling our office and scheduling a call with our customer service manager or myself. A stitch in time will save you a fortune. I think a good pivot into uh, another question that I well not really question more, more of a public service announcement I went into my coinbase tax center over the weekend and I realized that they give you a nice if you went to the tax center they give you an estimated gain uh, it is very overstated and they do they do state this it says and I quote we estimate your gains and losses based on assumptions you can review and update your transactions now two things about this obviously you know an overstated number uh, you know what what is the user experience behind updating your transactions in a coinbase that's not really uh, uh we know how difficult it is with the game calculation tools number two you can even see that they have all of your crypto addresses that you transfer back and forth so they have wrong numbers but they also have the crypto addresses and we do know that coinbase is very compliant generally with the irs so what are the implications of these uh, you know overstated numbers and so many different coinbase users in the us well, first of all, Coinbase doesn't, while they show this number and they're generally compliant, they've also taken the position that we're not giving anything to the IRS that they don't demand. So they are not issuing 1099 uh, Ks, 1099 for, for gained activity. Other exchanges have. For example, Uphold has done this. I had a call with a guy uh, who had received a CP2501 letter and... Let's just say he had a number of things he didn't report, but 
because he did his own taxes. He forgot to report a bunch of things. But in there was uh, Uphold and BlockFi had issued uh, 1099s, which he did not account for. And the problem uh, that you, as you pointed out, is that Uphold and BlockFi, the way they have to report payouts on those forms is not the same as the way we have to report it on our tax return. And as a result, it misleads the IRS into having a perception that you owe them a lot of money, like this example you gave us, Liam. And, uh, you know, I, 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 so basically out of that call, we were able to, I think I had Sarah on the call, we basically could do gain calculation for two years, tax return calculations for two years. And uh, I think we, you know, it ended up be about a $10,000 you know, win for us. But uh, I want to post, Liam, because we're, we're starting to get a lot of CP2501s. But if you got a CP2501 letter and Uphold is on there or BlockFi, you should give us a call because we can fix your problem before it gets really out of hand. Time is of the essence. Nice. Okay. Interesting which I think is a nice pivot into one of the other audience questions. Uh, what is the IRS minimum for reporting crypto? Will the IRS know if I don't report my crypto? Is there a minimum? Well, um, anytime you trade crypto for another crypto, uh, whether it's a stable coin or a token or some other currency, you trade one crypto for another crypto, that's a taxable event. If you go to, if you go to fiat, that's a taxable event. You experience either a gain or a loss in that trade from what you bought it for. And at the end of the year, you add that up and it's either a net gain or a net loss. If it's a net loss, uh, then that is a reduction to your income and it's limited to $3,000. And any excess loss, uh, above that $3,000 is rolled over to the subsequent years to offset future gains. But if you have positive gains, then that's all added to your income. Uh, at that point in time, then it, you know, does the IRS know about that? It's very interesting. The taxpayer inspector general for tax administration, TIGTA, had done a study and they found that in areas where there is reporting back to the IRS of income that you made, in the form of W-2s or 1099s, that the compliance rate for people on paying those taxes is up in the 90 percentile. But in areas where people make income, where that income is not reported back to the IRS in the form of a 1099, then the compliance rate is below 50 percent. So that's the situation here with crypto. Now, part of the problem we have, as we spoke earlier, is that some, not all of the U.S. crypto exchanges, report information to the IRS. Though a logic behind that reporting is not consistent with how we reported on our taxes and resulting in an overstatement to the IRS of how much income you had made. And so, for example, uh, I had a client who in 2000 and 18 Coinbase said he made he had gotten four million dollars, but that was just 
the proceeds of all his transactions. It wasn't his actual gain. His actual gain was actually a loss, seventeen thousand dollars. So four million to seventeen thousand, big difference. Got the IRS very excited. He got an audit. So what we do is we actually can look at the information that the IRS has in terms of the total amount of income that you've received from third parties, 1099s, and we can see if that amount of income is reported on your tax return. And what they want to see is that you've reported at least as much much income as they know about or more. All right, that's good. If you report less income that they know about, then that's going to trigger an audit, either if it's a small amount of computer-generated audit or a, a human audit. When you get a human audit, then somebody's going to like put you on their dartboard and they're going to start coming after you. The long answer to your question is it's important to know where you stand. Otherwise, you're operating in the dark. And then if you do owe, then what we want to do is calculate that gain. Let's make sure we know what it is that you need to owe. It might not be as bad as you think. And then you can make the choice if you want to actually file that return or wait until we see that you're being flagged for an audit and file it at that time, which is a possibility. We had a client who (laughs) didn't file tax returns at all, but he was a crypto trader. And all of a sudden we saw an audit flag came in. IRS flags a account for an audit two to six months before an audit begins. We saw the flag, we contacted him, we quickly recalculated his cryptocurrency gains and all his income uh, for uh, those six years, filed six years of returns, and the audit went away. All right, he was at a position in his life where he could afford to pay that stuff. So uh, I, I hope that gives you some insight on the obligations and, and the options. I think if you if you look at it from a legal requirement, I mean, every single time, Clinton, you said it yourself, every single time you trade crypto, you trade it for another, you dispose of it, you're going to pay it, uh, all those are taxable events. It's not optional to report. I mean, you're supposed to report every single taxable event of your return. Now, realistically speaking, it's the, you know, if you have a $10,000 loss or a $0 gain, that's not going to be the same to the IRS as if you have a $10,000 gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, they also have to generate revenue. But point being, you should report everything, make sure to report it accurately and know where you stand in your tax situation. And I would add to that those good comments, David, that understand how big a number you're talking about. Because every amount that you didn't report seems like a mountain to you. But in the big picture, you might be an anthill to the IRS because the IRS has so many people they aren't going after. Are you in the tens of millions? Are you in the hundreds of thousands or just are we talking $10,000 of income maybe you didn't report? And just understand this, that the IRS is going to go after the large people first. But at the same time, rather than being racked by fear, the simplest thing to do is start monitoring and then wait to see if anything comes to it. Because there's a lot of people that get away with things with the IRS because they just don't have the time, energy and resources to go after the medium and small fish. So are you a small, medium, or large fish? Make your decision accordingly. You said that before, they're on like quotas or commissions, yeah? So they're going after the big hitters. If they can hit one big hitter at 10 million over a couple of small... Well, yeah, there's different ways the IRS audits. You, have to, you got computer-based audits, which they electronically select you and they issue letters. There's nobody really behind it. It's just a computer. Uh, and they expect you to respond. A CP2000 letter is that type of thing. Uh, and they'll go after smaller amounts. And they're very easy to respond to if you do it right. But uh, 
if it gets assigned to a human auditor, which is the bigger dollar amounts, those guys have quotas. They're typically juggling about 100 audits at one time. Imagine that, 100 audits of like everybody's lives. How can you juggle that in your mind? And they only have so much time, and they're trained to go after, uh, you know, you, they're trying to kill as many big fish as they can. Uh, they don't have time to go after small fish. They get managed in terms of how many hours they spend after each one. And, you know, what we do when we do audits is we try to make it so that it hurts them to spend a lot of time defending against this because we're a formidable enemy. We'll make them work hard. They spend extra hours, extra energy, and we have a very high success rate, about 35% refund rate, which means they end up paying. You know, you don't want to go to your manager saying, audit to somebody and I, I gave them money back. You know, that, that gets them no kudos. I had an IRS auditor tell me this. He's on a monthly quota, and they're measured in the department by who brought in the most amount of uh, taxes and penalties and interest each month. I mean, at the end of the day, it makes it makes a lot of sense because while the you know while the focus should be on reporting correctly, whether you have gains or losses. I mean, at the end of the day, the IRS is not a non for profit. They are in the I mean, it's internal revenue service. They're in the they're in the business of generating revenue for the nation. So to your point, if they're Conducting audits, spending a lot of time where there is no payout at the end of the day, or even you give money back, that's a terrible use of their time. That's a negative ROI under labor. Thank you very much for listening to today's show, and I hope you enjoy it. Please give us comments. We would love to respond to any questions you give us. You have tax questions that we can apply to. We will try to address it in future shows. Thank you. Have a great day. The Clinton-Donnelly Show, where we explore how taxation and regulations of cryptocurrencies affect your daily life as an investor. Clinton has a law degree in international financial regulation. He is an enrolled agent and certified as a cryptocurrency anti-financial crime specialist. He has clients in 71 countries. He is one of the top experts in crypto taxation in the U.S. This show is sponsored by CryptoTaxAudit.com, the income tax experts for U.S. crypto investors. Are you frustrated with using online crypto tax services to calculate capital gains? Are you a high-frequency trader, DeFi, NFT, play-to-earn, or quail investor? Nothing is too complicated for the experts at CryptoTaxAudit.com. Are you frustrated that your accountant doesn't understand crypto taxes? Crypto Tax Audit uses a proven, bulletproof crypto tax return methodology to prepare a tax return that doesn't attract the attention of the IRS. Crypto Tax Audit also offers an exclusive audit defense membership service. It's like car insurance for your tax return. If your return gets selected for an audit of crypto reporting, they will defend you at no additional charge for the entire life of the audit. No one offers anything like audit defense membership. Go to CryptoTaxAudit.com to learn more and schedule a private tax consultation now. The opinions expressed in this show are not legal advice. Tax and regulations are complicated. Your situation is unique, so you should always consult a tax professional.